Emma Bernal, and I am a military spouse helping other spiritual and driven people connect with their intuition, find the bravery to follow where it's calling them, and ultimately to become the most authentic versions of themselves. Today, I'm so excited to share an interview with you. This is actually the very first interview that I've had on the podcast, and I am stoked about that milestone. I've had the privilege of speaking with an extremely successful isogenics coach who happens to also have 32 years of military experience under her belt. Miss Christine Adams has experience not only as an active duty member, but as as a reserve member and a military spouse, mom, on and on and on. Only months after her military retirement, she is now using her military experience as well as her passion for personal development to successfully lead a team with isogenics, but also to create a support community for female veterans, which is her true passion. She's kind, wise, and full of encouragement and experience that I think will benefit you no matter where in the military you are or what stage of life that you're in. I'm so happy to share this conversation with you and I'm ready if you're ready. So without any further ado, here's my interview with Christine Adam. So um, I just wanted to start with like, kind of giving a brief timeline of your career since you have so many different facets to your military experience Um, because you just left active duty this past summer and then if you could explain what you do now that would be awesome. Okay so start with my 32 years of military timeline. Yeah yeah yeah. Okay so um In a nutshell, um, my father recruited me when I was 20 years old. Um, I just wrapped sophomore year of college. I needed money for school. And Mm -hmm. he said, just take a look. You know, if if you're interested, great. If you're not, that's fine. I absolutely had zero pressure from him. Mm -hmm. So at 20 years old, I went to basic training Mm -hmm. and came out of that enlisted and then took a semester off from college to get my AIT training out of the way. And came back and just kind of had, um, had a ball with it for a couple of years. Um, yeah. So I enlisted in the national guard in the state of Missouri. And while I was at AIT, I had the opportunity of being brought on active duty full time and staying. And I was super pumped because I had found my calling in life. I felt yeah, um, just, you know, being in the military and serving. And I did not grow up with a military family background. Mm-hmm. So, not like I was exposed to this all the time. This was brand spanking new to me. Mm-hmm. And my father talked to me out of it and said, if you really want to do that, come back, go back to school, mm-hmm. finish up um, through ROTC and do the commission route. He's like, yeah. cause for money, you know, I'm yeah. like, okay. I just wanted to serve and play army. I was having that much fun with it. So I didn't care how I got there. Yeah. Um, of course I graduated college. I actually earned an active duty commission, which are kind of hard to come by. Mm-hmm. So the audience kind of knows too, I did not have an ROTC scholarship. So I still put myself through school the whole way Okay. Um, with all of that. That's so incredible. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just a different route. And I think it kind of upset the cadre a little bit because everybody else, they could hold that scholarship flag over their head and kind yeah. of mandatory fun on a lot of stuff. Uh. <laughs> I was always a rebel from the beginning. I never played that way. Active duty, um, I did that for about nine years. Mm-hmm. Left active duty and went back into the reserve, the Army Reserve side of the house, still commissioned because I still wanted to serve. Um, yeah. I had a lot, of, a lot of challenges with my marriage in that nine years. And as a result, I didn't want to give the military completely. Yeah. Went into the reserve side of the house um, where I spent a couple years doing the one week in a month, two weeks a summer. Mm-hmm. And where were you li- y'all living at the time? North Carolina. Okay. So I've been in North Carolina on and off for about 20, almost 22, 23 years now. Awesome. And when in there so did you get my married? career? Say that again. I'm sorry. When in there did you get married? Um, I got married while I was in the middle of officer basic course. Okay. So, yep. And I 
as a brand new second lieutenant, I married an enlisted individual. So he was a master sergeant, first sergeant concept. So totally two different units and locations. So in, you know, in theory, we could do that. Yeah. But you know, that brought challenges with it as well that I just mm -hmm. did not know would happen during those times. So yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. So then you did the reserves. Yep, and then I um, I had the opportunity of actually submitting paperwork to come back in full time on the reserve side of house, what they call Active Guard Reserve or AGR. Mm -hmm. Was picked back up for that full time in two thousand and seven, and then I just spent the next thirteen years doing that full-time and retired uh, this July, July 1st, awesome. 32 years in uniform. That's mm -hmm. amazing. And so it, you, we were talking before, before this call about how it, kind of towards the end of your service, your active duty services last time, um, you kind of found a new niche, a new career that you wanted to go for. So can you kind of talk about that again a little bit? Yeah. So Easily, I guess four years ago, I was on the fence of wanting to retire, not wanting to retire, um, not knowing what to do with my life, mm -hmm. not want to follow the traditional path of leaving service and then falling back in doing the same thing somewhere else working for someone. And it actually took me breaking an ankle running one day and bringing me to a complete standstill. Oh my gosh. That, that helped me find this new path I'm on is, yeah. is weird would sound. I had a, another military friend introduce me to a, a nutritional product line called Isogenics that really helped me turn my physical life around and then my, my personal life, my mental health, everything else just connected to putting the right nutrients in my body. Mm -hmm. And with that product, I quickly was able to kind of lose the weight that I'd struggled for a couple years to Either, either get off or keep off. Mm -hmm. It cleared up my mental fog. I had a ton more energy again. And, you know, as leaders, we're always expected to be out front. And I struggled with that before the ankle break. Mm. Lack of trying, I just had nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. So a couple months into using the products when I realized that I really wish I had found this like 12 years ago. kind of. Yeah. And then that's when I was like, well, I need to at least spread the word and share it with other military didn't matter what their background was. It was just that amazing product. You know, it's like falling in love with Starbucks. You tell everybody your favorite drink at Starbucks. Yeah. They can go and try it. So same, same approach. Mm -hmm. I actually went to one of their major training events, January of 2019. And after two and a half days, and I had my oldest daughter there with me too, because mm -hmm. she was curious. Um, I left there knowing that I was ready to retire and that what I wanted to do. Now, crazy. what I wanted to do was to help others feel good like I did, mm -hmm. help them change their lives. I wanted to serve still mm -hmm. different capacity from serving in the military. And this was the, this was the route I wanted to do. And I knew it was the right decision. Yeah. When you make that final right decision, it's a huge weight off your shoulder. And it's just so much easier to move forward. Mm -hmm. I had a purpose already. I had something lined up. I didn't have to search for a job because I didn't want to work for anyone. Mm -hmm. And and just helping. I mean, that was the whole reason I fell in love with the military was just to serve and help. Yeah. Now I can still do that um, in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So now, now I'm on a mission to spread the word. Mm -hmm. um, but an additional vision I've had the last couple of weeks is not only just helping people in general, but I really want to help female veterans. Yeah. And, and I say this because having transitioned out, there's, there's not much with the transition process. Um, you check the block when you go through the training, you know, cause it's by law, we got to do it. But your counselors are not, they have no military experience. Um, yeah. Maybe two of the contractors that get up and teach have some sort of military background experience but not having somebody to, for me to reach out to and say, Hey, um, how do I get through this? You know, I'm trying to find an answer for this or just having resources because there's not a lot out there for females. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And after being out for just a couple months, really since the middle of March when quarantine started, that's where I really started seeing that gap. And the more that I talk to transitioning female, whether they're just 
leaving active duty to go to the reserves or just retiring, there's nothing there. There's no safety net, as I like to call it. And there's so much to transitioning. It's, it's more than those blocks. It's a whole mindset culture change. Yeah. And it's not just for female and the male veterans. It's for the family members as well, because you're now leaving a safe bubble that you've grown up in and matured and learned to be a specific person in. Yeah. And a lot of those traits you cannot carry over to the civilian side um, because the civilian side is not going to understand it. Right. So how do you wrap your head around and give yourself that permission to change? And it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Look for those resources. So that's become even my broader mission or more specific mission, but it's what really drives my heart is I fall asleep thinking about it at night. I wake up thinking about it and I have connected with, with so many beautiful souls the last week or two. And every time I share this vision with them and ask if they want to be a part of it, I get it. I get a hell. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, just knowing that there's something there Mm -hmm. that share their struggles, their challenges, ask for questions and help share their triumphs. So yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on. Yeah. No. And that's the reason why I want it. So for anybody listening, originally you reached out to me on Instagram and I was like, well, I don't know, but our missions don't seem aligned because you're working with veterans and I'm working with spouses. And then I found out you were a spouse and I was like, oh my gosh, she has, she knows all of the different sides. And so that's why I wanted to interview you is because after talking I, like our missions are so, so similar because whether you're just coming into the military or like in your early twenties, just coming in, or you've had your military experience and now you're exiting, you've got to figure out how to balance the transition. Like you said, with remaining who you are and staying true to yourself and not allowing, you know, the shoulds and the must do's kind of take over. Um, and yeah, so I'm just, I'm so excited that, that we have the opportunity to, to be talking right now. It's awesome. Um, so would you mind just, I I know this is like such a broad and open-ended question. Um, but would you mind speaking to some of the struggles specifically with balancing being an active duty person, being a mill to mill household? And then also being a spouse, what's it like to struggle with and being a parent, no less? Yeah. So what's it, what has it been like for you to stay true to yourself and figure out who Christine is amongst all of those different labels? It, um, it was a challenge. Um, you have to stand so, you know, 30 some years. So it basically came in at 20. I got married at 26. So I already had six years of, of me and my dreams and goals under my belt at that point, which was getting an active duty commission. And I wanted to retire from the military. Mm-hmm. When I, when I met my, my ex, ex, I guess it will call him when I met my ex, yeah. um, he was towards the end of his career. He'd already had like around 18 years, maybe 18 and a half under his belt when we got married. Okay. So he was approaching that mindset. Okay, I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to retire because yeah. eleven Bravo, um, you know, airborne ranger kind of thing. So a lot of physical, you know, fans mm. that way. And so he was very supportive of my goals, dreams, and desires when we first got married, and created that, you know, dual couple household. And you know, we had our first child. Um, then he decided it was time to retire. Mm-hmm fully supported that because now he would stay at home with, with the girls. Cause we had two at that point and he would go to school at night, work on his degree. I would, I would be the sponsor in the, in the relationship. You know, he was yeah. now. Oh, so he was kind he was of a dad. So it was, it was a bit of a role flip yeah. um, now that I look back on it, but that's, um, that's where some of the challenges started to come into. Um, he had a different mindset at that point of, I should be the one that stays at home and I should give up my dreams and goals. And I was not raised that way. I had a very strong mother who showed me how to work and raise a family because Mm -hmm. she did every day. Mm -hmm. 
who always taught me to chase my dreams. Mm -hmm. And for a couple of years there, I, I struggled with that. I really struggled with keeping my focus on my dreams, on my goals, coming home at night, you know, making the dinner, still doing the normal chores around the house to a point, raising two kids, you know, and, and still deploying to the field for those extra. Mm -hmm. So it, it was a challenge um, because of that, of that constant headbutting that way. Mm -hmm. So at a, at a point, I finally just had to um, kind of give in a little bit. Um, and that was the first step of me giving away a piece of myself, mm -hmm. um, giving away a piece of my power, because we all have a power within us. And when we start slivering it off and doling it out um, to appease people, um, it, it just creates a messy mess down the road. So yeah. that because here I am still, I'm still digging out from that mess. Um, and that's been part of my amazing journey the last year and a half. So yeah, I just started giving myself away piece at a time. And it just felt like even after I got out and went to the reserve side of the house, there was still that constant struggle there a little bit because I was still expected to sit at home and that just wasn't me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The kids are all in school at that point. You can only clean the house so much. Yeah. I, so I honestly, and nothing against stay-at-home moms, I tried it for a year and it just wasn't me. It really yeah. wasn't. Uh -huh. So um, it was at that point that I did start my first business um, as a personal chef. Oh. And I oh. love cooking, self-taught. So it gave me a chance to go in and help others that struggled with their dinners at night. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted enough income from that to pay for my youngest to go to preschool. Yeah. You know, 100%. and something to do during the day when they were in school. I only did it two, maybe three days a week. Yeah. Needed so many clients, you know. Yeah. And it seemed like every time I did something and was becoming successful with it, whether it was my military career active duty or getting my business up and going, um, it created attention in our relationship. So I guess I share all this because it's it's so important to be open and communicative with your significant other. Mm -hmm. um, but there's going to be struggles with that too, because being in the military, it's a different mindset. It's a different environment as we know, as you know, yeah, with its own unique challenges and um, expectations. Yeah. So um, yeah, just, it was a constant struggle. And I finally reached a point after I have to say it 16 years of marriage where I just couldn't take it anymore. So, um, and I, I left the marriage, um, for my own personal mental health, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me eight, nine years to work through some things. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and to reclaim my power. Cause I'd given it all away trying to make a marriage work from one side. Yeah. And, um, but I wouldn't change anything that I've, I've lived with for the last 30 some years because yeah. every challenge, every struggle, um, whether it was raising a family mm -hmm. on, you know, master's degrees, you know, mm -hmm. deployments, mm -hmm. you know, parents passing away. I mean, all of that, you know, and then going through a divorce, um, it all shaped me yeah, of course. into the person I'm becoming because I'm just now discovering a whole new version of Christine. So yeah, that is so beautiful. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And because, so I'm, if for, I don't know if, if people understand my age, but yeah, so I'm only 25. Um, so to hear that as someone who has had all, you've already had multiple careers and you are still figuring out who you are and you're still finding new pieces and peeling back layers and stuff. It, it's, I don't know. It's so exciting and beautiful to me that this process is literally never ending and that we're going to be doing this our whole lives. I love that so much. So something that came to mind was whether we're getting it from our spouses or maybe, a, you know, extended family members or just the military community itself, it does seem like there's always someone or something trying to convince us to be something that we're not. Um, even social media and TV, you know, it, there's always that outside influence trying almost marketing to you like, oh, you should be behaving this way. Yeah. How did you, did you experience that, I guess, 
from other spouses, your active duty coworkers? Were you getting that from anybody other than your husband or was it kind of the pressures really just coming from him? It, it, oh, that's a good question. So let's peel back that one a second. So yeah, yeah I got, I got the marriage pressure, mm-hmm. just one piece of the pie, mm-hmm. you know, and anybody gets marriage pressure, whether you're mm-hmm. certain or not. I mean, it's just, it's just, a, it's there. Yeah. Yes. You have expectations from your leadership, you know, well, you're, you know, you're in charge of the, the signal section, the communication section, you know, so how are you treating and, and taking care of your people that way? Mm-hmm. And then expectation of how do you present yourself in front of them mm-hmm. and being fair and consistent, you know, and, and those expectations. So that's another piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. And then um, you try not to, I tried not to let the outside world influence me because in that time, for, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. So there's going to always be someone challenging you. Um, but if you surround yourself with the people that think like you and support you, mm-hmm. you can you can weather a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to give yourself that permission. Um, I had a beautiful conversation with my oldest daughter yesterday, and she's 26, you know, and so we, we did some deep talking and I, she's like, I'm just done with the news. I said, it's okay to, to not listen anymore. Yeah. I stopped listening to the news. Um, the fall of 2019. Yeah. I'd had enough of it. I, I don't turn it on. It's never on. I don't know what's going on in the world. Yeah. I might say that's not a good thing, but I'd reached a point in my life where I did not want any more negative influence. And if it meant turning that piece off, mm-hmm it was okay and I had to let her know it was okay to disconnect from that to a point you know so um just giving showing my daughters who are 26 24 and almost 22 um still a role model for them Um, and for others you know whether it's team members my age younger um, just I'm always trying to set the example and at least share myself because if you're not open and honest and vulnerable then you're not being true to yourself either. So mm-hmm. not sure if that made any sense, but yeah, no, 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 of course. Yeah. I I've had to, to tell people whether it be my little sister or just going live on Instagram, I'm like, you don't have to listen to people like you. I personally, something I've really had to work on is I think growing up, I learned that a way to connect with people was asking them for advice, even when I didn't want it or need it. And so coming into the military, I would just ask these women for advice, like from a stay-at-home mom. I very much am not meant to be a stay-at-home mom like you. And so why the heck am I listening to this woman's opinion when I, I don't want my life to look like hers? We don't have that parenting piece in common. So that, that's definitely something I've also had to learn is like, A, you don't have to ask people for advice. <laughs> you don't have to listen to other people's opinions. And B, it's okay to, to turn away, like actively decide to turn away from it. Um, yeah even if it's just for a small amount of time, giving yourself that space to just understand where you're coming from and what your own organic thought processes are and your own beliefs and value systems. It's just so important. From from experience, the more that you don't turn away and the more that you give yourself away and your Mm -hmm. mission to take that knee and to reach, as we say, Mm It's, it's a hard struggle to get out of it. It really is. And that's, yeah. that's where people unknowingly give their power away. Yeah. You know, of being authentically you to a point. Mm-hmm. It's okay to agree to disagree, you know. It's, it's okay to ask for advice um, because you never know. You might get an amazing piece of advice sometime. Mm-hmm. The rest of what they share may not resonate, but you might get that little golden nugget and you can talk, toss it in your rucksack for down the road. Yeah. Because everybody has a story. Yeah. And listening to those stories is how we has how we learn and grow too mm-hmm. and build those connections. You may not have an answer for something if someone comes to you for advice, but then you can say, "Oh, well let me introduce you to so and so 
because they have a very similar experience to what you're looking for yeah. and may be able to assist you. So yeah, seeking advice is always awesome. Um, just not getting wrapped up in it and right. thinking be all end all answer and how you're supposed to do things. That's what you have to work through. Yeah. And it's a skill. It's not <laughs> like you're either good at it or you're bad at it. Like it's a skill to be able to filter yeah. and, and understand what is the right information for you. Um, yeah, I, I, that, that has been a huge lesson for me with the military community is because I, I, what the image that like keeps coming into my mind is sitting down at a deployment meeting, for example, and what some spouse might need is the very raw, raw, like your husband's going to go kick ass kind of. Yep, they need the cheerleader. Cheerleader. Yeah. 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 For, for me though, because that is kind of the go-to method, that was what I thought I was needing. Um, and it took a while for me to be able to say like, actually, I'm not someone who responds really well to the raw, raw. Um, so there are other ways for me to get the encouragement or the motivation on my really bad days in a way that doesn't look like that. Um, and that's just one example, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a skill that you've got to take the time to like build over time and be patient with yourself with too. Oh my gosh. Yes. Patience and grace. You know, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. Yeah. And get angry at people. Get angry at people and at yourself. And, but you have to, you have to give yourself permission to do that because that's how you learn too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, um, let's see, where's my next question? So on your journey to remaining like authentically you and remaining who you are throughout all of the ups and downs of, of life. I guess, what are the main like archetypes that you felt like you had to be like, who, who were you trying to fit into versus like, I feel like that's a weird question, but like, yeah, who were you trying to fit into? You know, now that I, and I've had a lot of chance to reflect on this the last, last week, actually. Um, I am no longer sure who I was trying to be um, 30 some years ago. I mean, I, I had a dream, I had a goal, I had a vision. Mm-hmm. In the course of that time, um, I held on to it as tight as I could, knowing that I had to make changes mm-hmm. to hold to that dream, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, but it shaped me at the same time. So I can sit here now and I can look back at all the things that I used to, used to love to do. Um, and, and my thoughts and stuff like that. And I can no longer go back to that person at those times because I have changed that much, not by outside design, although a little bit, but just, that's just how you grow and mature. And, uh, yes, it's just, a. That's an interesting, yeah. It's like, where do I even go with this one? So, but it's been fun because I can sit back now and I can say, okay, so what was my thought? Who did I want to be when I was 20 years old? Um, What I've reflected back to lately. And it's going back to that particular age when I had my strongest voice on the inside. I knew exactly who I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. And it's, it's looking to find that particular voice again. Mm. Now it's different dreams. It's different goals that I'm driving towards. Gotcha. So that's, that's the difference with how 30 years has shaped me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I had to go that far back to the last known time when I had that voice that was external and I had not pulled it on the inside to protect it. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I relate to that also. So when um, my husband first joined or rather when we first got married, I wanted to be the very stoic, perfect officer's wife. And I wanted to cook the best brownies and I wanted everybody to come to my house for all of the events and be the perfect key spouse. And once I had the opportunity to attempt to do that, I very quickly realized that that's not actually what I wanted. 
which was good because then when you figure out what you don't want, you can pivot. And with each kind of evolution of, of my goals and where I'm going, I hone more and more and more of who I want to be and what I want. And what I found over the last five years, I think is that what I'm going after is a feeling more than anything else. And this is very much what I want to continue to teach on is that kind of what you were speaking to, you have that driving force and you know what that feels like. And you felt it when you were in your twenties and you feel it now. And it's not so much the exact picture in your head as it is that, that feeling that you're going towards. And if what you saw in your head doesn't give you that feeling, you know, like, okay, let's go over here. Let's try this other thing. (laughs) And following that feeling has gotten me so much more quickly to like staying true to who I am than when I was trying to follow some idea of what I thought I should want. I don't know if that makes sense. (laughs) It it does make sense. And when we started having the challenges in my marriage, that was, I had stopped listening to those feelings. I was, that's when I started, you start just kind of pulling back, Mm -hmm. protecting that voice, that 20 year old me. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like 30 at the time. So 10 years difference. Um, But yeah, it's, each person's different um, with how they want to chase their dreams. And I have learned so much in the last 18 plus months about just mindset mm-hmm. and manifestation mm-hmm. that I really wish I had known that probably 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The military teaches us, at least when we're in, how to, really how to think and be to a point. You know, you yeah. can still be true to yourself to a point. But now you have to, you have to curb it some. Mm -hmm. And having the ability to shift your mindset and give yourself permission to be vulnerable and to start opening up because we're taught to keep so much on the inside and just saying it's okay, you know, to, to verbally share my thoughts and feelings once again. Um, that's probably the most liberating thing uh, an individual can go through. And I really wish that's something they would start working with as you get closer to transitioning out. It could just be ending a simple contract you've done, you know, and you don't want to do a 20 year career, or it could be somebody who's retiring Mm -hmm. because it all circles back to how do you survive in the military? Well, you adapt and adjust and now you have to learn how to survive on the outside. Um, and I think that's where so many individuals struggle. Yeah. Because now they're taken out of a structured environment where they're told to do to a point what to do. And, or they're leaders like myself and they bring that philosophy over and they try to drive and implement it and it doesn't work. Right. The inside is going to be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Just a totally, totally do two different things. Yeah. But yeah, mindset is just huge. And I think that's why we connect it so well, you know, as well, um, is because you're, I'm just so impressed. I've been telling people, I'm so impressed with Emma. She just, oh my God. she's been in just a couple of years and she gets it. She gets it, you know, and now she's trying to share that with others. And it's, I think a lot of it's culture too. We've spent so many years of, you know, following those ads and trying to be the people that we think we're supposed to be because mm-hmm. they act and look like them, then we're going to be popular like them. Right. And we now just need to say it's okay to be ourselves and share our thoughts and not be mean about it to a point either, you know, because yeah. agree to disagree, mm-hmm. move on. But from there, um, just, I think I just lost my train of thought, but anyway. Oh, you summed that up. That was, that was it's awesome. just like, wow. It's, I mean, I'm just like, it's just so eye-opening. I mean, when you start just saying, okay, you know, and just letting things go mm-hmm. um, and sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one thing I shared with you when we talked earlier was, you know, the fact that I can now share my story and the pieces I share take so much weight off my shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's liberating. It's therapeutic. Yeah. And I was thinking about this yesterday too, is like, I would not have this conversation at a spouse event. Like I would not tap some woman on the shoulder and be like, Hey, can I talk to you about this for 30 minutes over in the corner while we're supposed to be having coffee, you know? And so, but 
but I kind of want that to change. And so that's why these conversations are so important and being vulnerable is so important, especially for the spouses, because we're not active duty members. We're not the ones going into war. We're not the ones that have to know how to sit and wait, you know? Um, And so I think that we often take on those ideas because that's what our spouse is doing. Um, And because we want to fit into the community as a whole, but that doesn't serve us maybe very well. I think when, when you live such a difficult lifestyle, I mean, it can be difficult. I don't think it's difficult for everybody, but when you live such a tumultuous, yeah, and it's tumultuous. And so I think that in order to survive that almost, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. Um, because if you can't rely on this community that knows what you're going through, then who are you going to be able to rely on? Cause like I can talk to my mom all day long about this stuff, but she doesn't get it. She's never been here. Yeah. So yeah, the vulnerability is so important. How, so how knowing what you know now about the mindset stuff and about manifestation how do you wish maybe you could have or would have implemented that when you were active or when you were a spouse? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think at that point it would have been a struggle with when I was married because mm-hmm. it's very closed minded. Um, it was a one way street to a point. So, but with my soldiers and my team, um, yeah that's kind of an easy thing. And I think towards the end, I was, I was annoyingly doing it, mm-hmm. you know, supporting and encouraging. I always supported and encouraged them. If it was their next school they had to go to, or, you know, they were having a challenging marriage and just needed, you know, an, an ear to bend. That's always been one of my superpowers. Great listener, you know, yeah. I get strangers from airports that come up, sit down, fill <laughs> their life and walk away. I- I don't think to that. the first name out of them. So, yes. so I call that a superpower. But yeah, I would, I would love to go back a bit and just start working with their mindset. And it's this is awesome because I spent two hours on Tuesday, not planned. I had a Zoom with an amazing woman I met, Tanya, and she sort of goes in and teaches things right now. She's taking it a, a step further back. Um, we're two years out you can start going through all the classes and kind of starting to ramp up for retirement and all that thing okay takes it to the five-year points the 15-year point if you're at 15 years in and you're just going to go for the 20 there's a few more steps you should be doing reach that point so she's taken it a bit further back wow the beautiful pdf out there i can share it with you to pass around sure um but so she now goes in um travels around when she could travel and would go in and just kind of teach a little bit about leadership and how to start thinking at that point forward. So she and I got to brainstorming. I would love to find a way to go in um, to those, you know, tap classes for 30 minutes and just start planting that seed Mm -hmm. of mindset and, and how to start working towards that mental shift, um, you know, and not just with the soldiers and everything, but I would love to specifically target the females. Yeah. to me, that is probably even more of a hard, harder transition yeah. than men, because you know you still get out. You're still expected to be the mom raising the kids, doing the household stuff, and maybe you're that single mom, you know, who's got two kids, and now you're trying to figure out how to go back to school, yeah. and, and do a part-time job, and and not having a support system there, or just the right mindset approach to it, you know. And so I I would love to put something together, and that's really what I'm going to start working on. Yeah. And so I can get in and, and start planting that seed a bit that way mm-hmm. to get people thinking. Um, yeah. It's the same thing I'm going to share. And I'm still growing in this. I mean, I've just had so much fun. It's so liberating. That's my yeah. word. Um, just freeing the mind and, and just really looking deep. You know, it's just, it's yeah. amazing when you start visualizing clearly and all the way down to smelling a cup of coffee in your hand in that vision. Um, that's where you start manifesting mm-hmm. and those things become a reality. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I would love to do. 
Yeah, because it's difficult and it takes somebody, it's, I mean, I imagine that it would take somebody with the breadth of experience that you have to understand the very delicate balance between being an individual, having the mindset, you know, standing in who you are versus being a part of a broader, oh my gosh, I can't speak, broader (laughs) mission where you are called upon to consistently think about something greater than yourself, you know, like um, an, an interesting experience I had with COVID in March was my husband was deployed when everything was shutting down or was shut down. And it was so interesting because everybody was concerned about COVID while I was concerned about my husband defending America against China. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so it, it, it is a really delicate balance between like, no, actually we do serve a mission and me staying here at home alone with my son right now is in a way protecting our American society that we are yeah. pride ourselves so it's much. Very, in. It's a very important job. Um, yeah. Stay home and, and hold down the home front. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think society has over the years with shows and movies and whatnot, they've always seen the spouse as the very stoic, you know, tough individual that can get through anything. And it's, it's a lot harder than that. You know, you can put on the brave front all day long. I've done it. You've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, consistently doing that, it's going to start wearing and eroding away at you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then you become just, you know, a, a hot mess. It's the only way to put it. You can become a hot mess. So yeah, totally. it's no different if it's, you know, the, the husband that's home, mm-hmm. wife that's a spouse, mm-hmm. you know, not the spouse, but she serves, he's the spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same challenge, you know? So, and I think people forget that too. There's, there's quite a few husbands that stay at home and wives serve. So, yeah. Yeah. How do you, my perspective is that when the, I mean, to be super cheesy, happy wife, happy, happy life, but happy spouse, happy active duty member, you know, it's like when, when the spouse is happy and healthy, most importantly, mentally and physically, then the active duty member is able to do their job better. Um, Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah. And that is the piece where it's like, you can be as patriotic as the next person, but unless you have your own purpose and feel fulfilled you're not going to be as mentally capable and steady as you could be and that is going to impact your spouse which then impacts the mission um so it's it's not just as no and and forward and the key and the key piece for that is is this is the couple working together Mm -hmm. got to communicate and work together it's not a put somebody on a pedestal and you know and you know treat somebody bad you can't do that you've got to constantly open talk and share. Um, and I can say this because I, I tried that, you know, I was even to the point of let's go see a counselor at the seven year part. He refused to go because I saw there were issues and challenges. So I'm not saying that with everybody, but I know that the military has an extremely high divorce rate too. Which a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. Um, it's, there's a lot of expectations put on each other. Yeah. And that just needs to, it needs to be more open and shared with each other. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many amazing, successful individuals. Another challenge, you know, when, you know, when your husband decides to retire in 20 years, mm-hmm. he's in the house all the time, now he's back home. Yeah. That brings on a whole different set of challenges. Yes. Part of that mindset for transitioning too is, yeah. you know, it's, you know, maybe he doesn't want to go to work. Maybe he can't work because he's, you know, because he's injured, disability. Um, that's a whole plethora of challenges right there. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, communication is key for all of that. And you can try all you want, like I did. But, you know, at some point in time, you, you have to shut down and give up too. Yeah. And I hate doing that because to me, when I, when I decided I wanted the divorce, I felt like I had failed big time in my marriage. Really? And I say that because... I had watched my mom and dad go through a divorce. Okay. 27 years old when that happened. Mm. Doesn't matter how old you are, it still hurt. Yeah. You know, I never ever wanted to fail that way. So 
you know, here I thought I was an utter failure, but you know, and when I shared it with my mother, she's like, no, she's like, you should have done it a long time ago. Oh, good mama. Well, my mom knew me though. She's like, you had to figure it out on your own, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, so I suffered, I suffered, but I don't hold a grudge or anything. I mean, everything shaped me for who I am and sharing it this way is just beautiful experience. It's healing to a point, but yeah, I, communication's important. Um, a lot of spouses don't know what they're getting into when they marry in. They yes. just, just, you know, stars in the eyes and hearts floating around of, oh, I'm going to marry me a soldier. You know, I just love a man in uniform. Uh-huh. And then reality smacks them upside the head. Yeah. Um, and it's more than that. You can love them and support them all you want, but there's so much behind the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, and as as my you know at least at least I could brace my my middle daughter she she married into the navy on me yeah. nothing wrong with that but you know she eloped on me and then told me two weeks later bless her heart so <laughs> but yeah so so I could at least share some of these expectations and experiences with her you know because I knew she was stepping into a completely different world even though she'd had lived it to a point you know being the child mm-hmm. when I was in. I had reached a point in my marriage where I didn't bring work home at all. I didn't talk about it. I had two different lives. I had Christine at work and then I had mom at home. Yeah. So they really didn't know what I did, except I served. I served in the army and I thought that was cool. Yeah. You know, um, but they didn't, I, they never saw the challenges. Um, I, I never wanted them to see that. So, and as they get older, you know, and I can start sharing a bit more and more. So but yeah, it's, you know, it would be lovely, you know, if you had somebody who was already in or a friend and said, hey, this is what you're getting into, you know, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. expectations, but, mm-hmm. but even those are so broad. It's such a broad right and left limit, you know, on who you talk to. It goes back to who do you talk to as for advice? Yeah. You know, somebody that says, oh, it's the best thing in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and I get somebody who says it friggin' sucks mm-hmm. and here, by the way, let's not talk about that, you know, so mm-hmm. just, it's just it's again, it boils down to who you talk to. So, and you have to just kind of pick and choose. Yeah. And that's why listening to so many different stories is so important too. So I hope, yeah. I, yeah. Um, so would you say that your biggest driving force for, you just are such a person who has, you seem like you have always known that you as an individual were important and that you shouldn't give up your identity basically. And that's obvious by the fact that you were brave enough to leave your husband because you knew that there was more in you. Um, Would you say that the biggest driving force behind that was your mom or what, what forces push you to be that way? Um, I think it goes back to just the way I was brought up. Um, from from itty bitty on up, I, my mom was always like, you know, she's the one that always kind of pushed me a lot. I would have been content to have been the total introvert wallflower my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was always pushing me because she didn't want me to be like her. And she was like that to a point. Mm-hmm. Had that push from behind. And, gotcha. you know, when I was th- literally thrown off a horse, you know, I was thrown back on the horse. Mm-hmm. And they keep riding, you know, and that's just kind of how I approached everything um, from six years up, basically. Mm-hmm. She always pushed me and drove me to a point. Um, mm-hmm. Expectations were there. Um, I could pick my dreams and, and go that way, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, I want you to I want you to go to college. I want you to be the first one in the family to go to college, you know. Yeah. And then just, yeah, I just never stopped. And and I brought those same the same philosophy over with my with my girls, you know. Yeah. I could have given them the moon, something I didn't have because I grew up on a farm. Yeah. I didn't want to do that either, you know, so they, they had their expectations, you know, it was okay, you know, you're going to, you're going to graduate high school, like you to go to college, you know, get a job and then boys can come in your life. That was always my order. Yeah. Um, Nothing was ever handed to them. You know, they're always told that you'll have to work for certain things, you know, and, you know, and I always treated them like an adult. Mm -hmm. Because they had to learn to live with their consequences too. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I guess you could say my mom was my driving force. Um, and even though she passed away 10 years ago, she sort of still is, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, 
in so many ways now that I think about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was, that was my driving force. I just, you know, I always, always wanted to do something big. And I read a lot of books as a kid because on a farm, there's not much to do. Yeah. So I devoured books, you know, so I, I escaped that way. Okay, cool. Um, read about locations and read about things and people doing stuff. And so, you know, when I could pick a school out of state to get away from home, that's what I did, you yeah. know? Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Who was your, like, what books did you, what book characters did you look up to? Oh, always the strong females. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, always kind of just stuck with what they wanted, their dreams or goals. So yeah, probably the ones I gravitated to the most. Yeah. I have, you probably are the same, but I, ever since my son became, I think about two and I started to more fully understand how what I did was impacting him, um, that, I mean, I have a million other reasons why I am the way I am obviously, but that for me was a huge, like, oh my gosh, I've, I've got to walk the walk, man. I can't just tell him how, you know, that he needs to stay firm in who he is. Like, I've got to be an example for him. Was that a similar experience? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely for my girls. So, yeah. and still to this day, you know, um, I, I share everything I do with them, you know, so all these personal development I've been on for 18 months, you know, I, I share it with them, you know, and they're so excited to watch. That's the amazing part. You know, I was always the person who behind the camera taking the pictures I hid from that kind of stuff yes I could brief but you know if I didn't have to get up and do it and I could give my my team the experience and the accolades you know because you know I always surrounded myself with great people then that's what I did and now I've completely flipped after retiring you know now I scream from the rooftops that I'm retired I'm military loved it now I'm looking for the camera looking to get in front of people and just share and stuff and they love it. They're like, Oh my God, this is so fun to watch mom, you know? And yeah, it's just, you know, different times, you know, mm-hmm. different experiences, you know, 30 years apart, but yeah, it's just always a role model. And if it's not for them, you know, their friends, their friends watch me. I did not know that till they shared that with oh, me. That's awesome. Like, Oh my God, mom, so-and-so says, you know, that what you're doing is just awesome and just on and on. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah, that that has to be so rewarding. I can't imagine. That's awesome. Yeah, not never wanted to do that. I just, I always just tried to be consistent. You know, just consistent in how I act and what I do, and never waffle on the rules that we put around the kids. You know, what they could and couldn't do. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. I hope. Man, I hope I can be that way for my son. I hope that he grows up and and wants is interested in what I'm doing I guess and I don't know that I can impart that on him that's like my biggest my biggest hope um let's see what else did I want to ask so I think the kind of last couple of starting with the last couple of questions what would be your biggest piece of advice to someone who is my age kind of maybe just married into the military or is feeling a little bit like they don't fit what what would be your advice to them so the advice I gave my daughter when she married into the navy um, mm-hmm. was um, and and she literally she she married Nicholas in Charleston South Carolina and then they literally moved like the next day up to Connecticut for oh his gosh. duty assignment. Mm-hmm. So you are now, so you're now taking a Southern girl and putting her up North, which is, yeah. but that was the first time she's been that far away from home and home for her is Charlotte. So she was like two hours away from home at that point. I knew that she um, was a bit of an introvert, mm-hmm. a bit of a flower, content to go to work and work on her schooling so my first advice to her was you've got to find, you've got to find the family readiness group. I said, mm-hmm. there, I said, if nothing else, you'll make a couple friends, then you won't feel alone mm-hmm. in Connecticut, you know, while Nick's on his deployment kind of thing. So yeah. making those connections, um, I think would be my first piece of advice. Mm-hmm. It's been so beneficial because she now has three beautiful friends. They're thick as thieves. 
Um, they do everything together, whether the boys are deployed or not. And, um, and they've got that common thought amongst them as well. Um, you've got to go meet people. Um, and mm -hmm. if you're consistent in what you think and you share and, and you believe, you're going to attract those individuals too. You're going to, yes. like always attracts like. So that's my first piece of advice is you don't have to get in buddy buddy with you know the commander's wife or the first sergeant's wife or anything but at least go at least reach out and meet people um, find those connections it could be your next door neighbor if you're on if you're on base whose spouse could be in a different unit um you're, you're gonna find them and then you know over the years as you all travel around you'll stay connected um, and so building that core i think is important for for new spouses to survive in a, in a challenging world. Mm -hmm. and, and things are getting ready to change, I have a feeling too, because you know we've been at war for so friggin' long and that's starting to wind down quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and now spouses are gonna be home a lot more and you know that could bring up other challenges too, but having that core group of support and friends um, know what you're going through that live and breathe and i think is really important to start off it's on. just one or two people too because i also yeah. thought that i had to be friends with every single one of the spouses if you just yeah. one or two people that you really click with is enough yeah yeah, yeah totally totally agree with that one so yeah so that was my piece of advice it was kind of what i gave her so i yeah. i would do the same with anybody so absolutely absolutely um, so do you have anything else that you would want to share with an audience, anything about what you are doing in the future or any other tidbits, advice, anything else you'd like to say? Oh my goodness. I think I thought about this yesterday and I had all kinds of ideas, but now they're out the window. Um, <laughs> you've got to be, you've got to be true to yourself. You, you really do. Um, and I say that from experience because I, I gave, I gave so much of myself away and now now I'm finding myself again. And you don't have to be mean or ugly to hold on to that. Right. Um, you, just, you just need to hold on to it somehow, like I did. I held on to my dream of retiring through ups and downs and all kinds of challenges thrown at me because I was not gonna let it go. Yeah. So that's probably my one piece of advice that way. Um, and always take care of yourself and never ever feel guilty or taking the me time. You've oh, got the me time people, because if you don't take, you know, that hour in the morning, maybe you get up an extra hour early. That's what I used to do when I was back in the reserve side, I'd get up before the girls got up. That's when I would go and do short runs or just, or just sit and just have my, my me time to a point. You've got to do that. If you don't take care of yourself, you cannot take care of others. Um, you can't pour from the cup. We've all heard of that term. So never, ever, ever feel guilty for taking care of you. Never let anybody strong arm you and, and say that, that you're being selfish because you are and you need to do that. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, then the world's gonna run you over and you've got nothing, so. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so this question, there's no right or wrong answer. Um, but I want to ask everybody that I talk to this question. So um, what does being a military spouse mean to you? If you it, had it, to give it a definition. Oh, um, it's definition. Military spouse means to me. It was, um, I was very proud to be a spouse while I was serving at the same time. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, you're now part of a very unique club or community. If you want to look at it that way. Um, and as, as more and more children follow their parents' footsteps into the military, it's an even tighter bubble. So for you to be brought in as a spouse um, into the world because you love the person you love, um, it's, it, you should be very proud of that. Um, and it's, it's an honor. Is one way of looking at it because I could have chose anybody and you and you accepted that too so you accept mm. um, and just like anything else it's gonna have its challenges but yes it's you should be very proud of doing that and very proud of what your spouse is doing um, 
Absolutely an honor. I, yeah. All out of perfectly good airplanes or they drive a desk their whole career. It doesn't matter because you're part of that group that wants to um, support and defend yeah. everyone else. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And okay, last question. Where do you want people to find you? What's your Instagram handle? Do you have any that kind of information? Oh, yes. Yeah. So for, for Instagram, it's christine.n.adams. And it's the same for Facebook, christine.in.adams. And I think it's the same, um, something different on LinkedIn. But yeah, you can definitely find me um, on Facebook and Instagram. And I am sharing all of my transition and mindset and just rediscovering me there. So it's been a beautiful journey if you want to join me. So cool. I'll link that all up in the show notes. Awesome. So yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christine. I appreciate it. Oh, this it. was beautiful. I loved it. Yes, absolutely. If this podcast episode resonated with you in some way, please leave a five-star review. It's the best and quickest way to help other military spouses get connected in the community and have support just like you have. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you later.